0: Plushcare.com slash We are here. and We're here. We're back at it again. Welcome to the Unimpressed Podcast. DJ Slim McGraw is here today. We had uh, Slim on the show when we were first starting out just to try to figure out how we are going to do this podcast thing. And we did that in New Jersey. We went and played some golf. We went and played some golf yesterday
1: too. Yes, we did. What happened in golf yesterday, Slim? I got my redemption back on you. But then I did lose to our other guy Tyler over here.
0: Little young buck, he was on the phone and running around. Didn't take any practice swings, and he gets out there and just starts hitting the ball. I said, "Damn hand-eye coordination from hockey."
1: Yeah, I had a, a one-stroke lead with three holes to go, and then lost by two. So. Well, I don't know if you know
0: DJ Slim McGraw. He's a DJ entrepreneur. He's done hip-hop DJing for Dale Earnhardt Junior at Whiskey River. That was kind of what kind of mix would you do at Whiskey River for Dale Earnhardt Junior?
1: Oh, uh, at the Whiskey River in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, I played a little bit of everything. A little bit of pop, a little bit of hip-hop, rock, country, a little electronic music. We played it all. Kept it moving. Then you did some uh, EDM music. That's actually what got me into DJing was electronic music. And um, that was back when we had records. And I actually put out about six EDM records back in the day, which did really well. As you got older, it was time to kind of switch it up and go to the country. EDM music, the energy there, I mean... I've opened up for Calvin Harris, uh, Chainsmokers, Carnage, Afrojack. I mean, the list goes on.
0: And then he realized he was just old country boy and uh, I quit, went the country route.
1: Yeah, I quit <laughs> fighting it. I just went with the stereotypes. I quit fighting it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so
0: he's got the truck and everything now. Been doing a lot in the country scene few players in the country scene that are
1: DJs. Yeah, there's a handful of stuff. I've been uh, really good friends with DJ Silver for the past 15 years, and that's Jason Aldine's DJ, and um, he's helped open some doors for me along the way. When we're in Nashville, a lot of times uh play at Jason Aldean's, uh nightclub, and I also play at Luke Bryan's nightclub, and we play at Florida Georgia Lions nightclub as well, and um, it's been awesome.
0: We're a little unimpressed today that uh, we're not back Touring. What do you think about this past year? You had some opportunities, uh, didn't happen, and now we're waiting again because I heard that theaters may not open back up until the fall. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues Of this year, I put him in the comedy scene, so he tours and does a lot of our shows with Southern Mama and Catfish Cooley's and Nitro's comedy tour. It's been good for our show as well in the comedy world. So tell us, I don't know, what's been going on this past year?
1: Well, I've been playing a lot of golf, been fishing a lot, been getting a lot of stuff done around the house, a couple little vacations. But luckily, Bang's still been touring a little bit, keeping us afloat along the way, so that's been nice. And I have done some social distancing concerts as well. One was at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, opened up for Dustin Lynch, uh, done one out at uh, Hard Rock in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We did one and um, I just DJed in front of a camera and they broadcasted it through the whole casino. So we've made our way around it the best we can. And recently you uh, did a birthday party. Yeah, I just did uh, Denny Hamlin's 40th birthday party. Oh, We had a little private event up in Lake Norman, North Carolina, and uh, Michael Ray, Chris Lane came out, and we had a good time. We had a good time. How did you get involved with Denny Hamlin? A buddy of mine is really close friends with him, and uh, he always calls me anytime he needs a DJ, so they just hit me up. Nice. What happened at the party? Who was at the party? And what happened at the party? I cannot say what happened at the party. Well, the party, I can tell you what happened at the party, not the after party. Uh The party, uh, uh Chris Lane and uh, Michael Ray got out there and sung. Comedian John Reap came out and told a couple of jokes. And uh, there was a bunch of NASCAR drivers there, Darrell Waltrip, et cetera. And uh, we had a really good time. And then we went back to Denny's and had a little after party. And I don't remember much about that. <laughs>
0: Why well, haven't well, there's after parties left? <laughs> I just
1: don't remember. I drank too much.
0: So, yeah, doing all these things, kind of trying to pick your spots, find some work during COVID. You know, what opportunities did you miss this year?
1: Well, I, I missed out on... on Few festivals. Uh one was in New Jersey, where you just came from, uh the Barefoot Country Music Festival, uh the Carolina Country Music Festival I missed out on, the Wet and Wonderful and tons of nightclub gigs lined up to do a big tour with a big name and uh that fell through. So I just been doing the best I can to get by and uh He's like Wade Boggs on the hitting
0: streak back in the day when he wore the same socks. You know, he don't want to change his socks until he goes on tour with this guy. I am so I'm not going to bring his name up. I am superstitious a little bit, so yeah, yeah I, I hit you around the head. You know, I know you did some marketing. You're in the marketing business and so forth. How many years overall been DJing?
1: Been DJing a little over 20 years. I didn't realize I'm going to be doing it this long, man. But it's just one door keeps open after another. And like I said, the older I got, and I started getting into the country business the last seven to eight years, and uh, this has been a great fit for me, and um, I see it's something I can do for another 10 years. What do you see
0: coming down the pike if you get on with this big act? What do you want to do?
1: See be out on the road touring is what I love. I just love to be out on the road, man. That's my thing is traveling around and just... Making people happy. I mean, that's what makes me happy is hearing them scream. It don't matter what kind of music I'm playing. As long as I hear them screaming, that's what gets me going.
0: What was your favorite show you did with on our tour with Southern Mama?
1: The best one was the Cherokee Casino in North Carolina because I had my family come out there.
0: Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. Great venue, great yeah, place. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's probably my favorite Southern Mama show right there.
0: A lot of people don't realize this is about casinos and casino business as far as gross and volume. Uh, we are ranked, I think, number three all-time at Cherokee for gross per head. And that says two things. We're the biggest cash ticket sales concerts they've ever had, and our fan
1: base likes to drink like hell. Well, you know, all the places we go, we hear that time and time again. All the venues we go to are like, man, y'all's bar sales are crazy. So if you're wondering how
0: these casinos pick the axe, It is entertainment, but they do look at the bottom dollar at the end of the day to make that decision, and, uh, you know, we would have probably been back there this year. It didn't happen, obviously, with COVID, and we don't know right now, looking at theaters opening up in the fall, even though if you have a venue of 3,000 people, you social distance at 1,500, what is the confidence of that buyer coming to the show, buying a ticket? and wanting to be around another 1,000 people.
1: I tell you one thing I've noticed, uh, I keep eye on the stocks every day, and the casino stocks are bouncing back really good the last month right now. So that's a good sign for us. That'll let you know there's a lot. You know, that could be a thing,
0: because the only time I would ever gamble online would be when I was drunk. So maybe the drinking has raised the stakes. I don't know. Exactly, People are just going to blow
1: it all because they don't give get some more free money. Poker playing and shit like that's the biggest scam in the world. Oh, yeah. I, I have to see the cards. I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. That digitally manipulation they can do? Nah. You've met a lot of acts, and you worked with a lot of acts. Who Who are some of the acts you
0: have worked with on stage in, in country music?
1: Um, I've opened up for a Big Little Town, Brett Eldridge. Oh, God, numerous. I mean, God, the list goes on and on. The different festivals I've played, I can sit here in Colt Ford. Colt Ford, is he country? Yeah, he's a uh, hip hop. 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 Yeah, it's a mixture of country yeah. and hip hop. But yeah, he's a, he's a good golfer. Oh, really? Really, yeah. He's about scratch. Actually, I think he played on a senior tour event this year, one of the events this year. He made it on a tour event. Now, have you ever played with Luke Bryant? No, but I have DJed at his nightclub in uh, Nashville, Tennessee on Broadway. I have done that. I've met him a few times, but I've never opened up for him. Great guy. You
0: haven't opened up for Jason Aldean because he's your boy. Opens up for him. Yeah,
1: my boy's been his opening DJ for the past ten, eleven years. Yeah, and that's kind of how this all got started. Like DJing and country was never really a thing ten years ago, and it's just slowly graduating. A lot of the artists like to take a DJ out with them now and get the crowd warmed up. Is there any other
0: DJs out there trying to scratch the surface outside of your circle?
1: With the country, I mean, it's always tough to crack into getting into the big-time DJing gig, but it's even tougher into the country because there's such an even smaller group of DJs. But mm-hmm. I, I tell you, we all get along. We're all great friends, and uh, we help each other as much as we can. Who would you want to work with? You know, I would want to work and tour with any country artist there is. But if you could ask me if there was one country artist I could tour with, I'm from North Carolina, so it would have to be Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Yeah, oh, okay. that's the one we're hoping for. Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll see how that plays out. He's a
0: great artist. He's killing it right now. Oh, he's on top of his game. What are you anticipating on doing
1: this year? 2021 got a lot of big plans again i hope they hold up like i said i've got the festivals lined back up uh waiting on that one big tour i just i'm ready to get back into the nightclubs and the dance floors i haven't DJed to a crowd on a dance floor since february of 2020 so that's what i've missed hands in the air people screaming and dancing you grew up in charlotte north carolina do you think you're going to be a dj well i dabbled and dabbled dj as a teenager buddy mine had some turntables and didn't really didn't put much thought to it again, and then after college, I graduated with a graphic design degree, and I worked for an agency, but to pick up some side money, I was doing nightclub graphics on the side, and I was helping these promoters throw parties, and then I started meeting a bunch of DJs, and then I just picked it up and got right back into it, and it just kind of happened really from graphics, really getting back into it. Graphics, I mean, what? Yeah. how how's that happen? Well, I would, the promoters would come to me, I would do all their You know, graphics for their flyers, promote their party. I mean, this is back in 1999. There wasn't social media. So you had to hand out flyers and you had real records. You know, this is back in the day without technology. So I would design these flyers for these different parties, for these promoters to promote their event with. I kind of started seeing what they were doing. So then I started throwing my own parties and I started meeting all these different DJs. And just picked up a little something from this DJ, a little something from that DJ, and just got back in the game and started doing it and just fell in love with it. I met your mom and dad a couple times. Yeah, my mom's an artist, too. Their musical influence, a lot of the classic rock and the Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and stuff like that that I mix in, that's what I got from them growing up, waking up on a Saturday morning, the wind is up. So that's kind of where my background started off on.
0: I always talk about sensitivity. An artist drives your artistic direction. In my opinion. So you said your mother was an artist.
1: What was she doing as an artist? Mainly self-portraits and drawings. She was a realist. I mean, she can draw you and make it look just like you. I was more into cartoon, graphics, fonts, lettering, and stuff like that. But uh, she had put a crayon in my hand at one years old, and I was already coloring inside the lines, you know, and she taught me early. Being a... Uh, Art major in college, one good thing that taught me to help me with DJing is we would have critiques about our project where people go in there and critique things. So that kind of helped toughen my skin up along the way. As you see a lot of these new DJs, you can't give them a critique. They get all of bit out of shape. And that's why a lot of them don't keep their gigs with the venue or whatnot, because the venue can't collaborate with them. But I've always kept an open mind. You know, people always ask me, uh, what genre of music do you play? And I always tell them the same answer. Who's writing a check tonight? I'm going to play what that guy wants to hear. You know, who's writing the check? You know, whatever he needs, I can do. I can play any genre of music for hours on end, 70s, 80s, 90s, rock, pop, hip. I mean, country, EDM. I can do it all. Like... I don't try to box myself into just one genre. Well,
0: that's the reason I brought you on in comedy. You know, I mean, we hooked up with Cletus T. Judd. We had a great show. We had a variety show. And then Cletus wanted to move on and do some other things. But what I noticed was it brought a lot of energy to a comedy stage. You know, those sensitivities, you have to take in the sensitivities of the crowd. Mm -hmm. Use your sensitivities to create a blend of music that's going to get everybody excited
1: for that show during that time and that night. That's what I was telling you, like doors keep opening for me and and why I'm still DJing. Like, I never imagined I'd be in the comedy business.
0: Until I started understanding artists, you know, and feel and pushing emotions. I mean, that's what a good show's about. Oh, yeah. When, let's say, one of our comedians has an off night, at least the music and the excitement gives a little more balance to where they don't leave... Unhappy, Kind of get them loosened up, you know, so it makes it easier for them to laugh right out the gate. What's the psychology behind warming up a crowd before a comedy show?
1: At first, it kind of caught me off guard because I was never used to DJing where everybody is sitting in a chair looking at me. I was used to DJing in front of big crowds and dance floors. So it took me a little while to figure out how to work the mic and how to start getting them to stand up out of their seats and sing along. The last show, we had a girl dance on the table, so it's come a long way. So your mom was an artist and you have a sister? Yes. And she did comedy for ten years in New York. And then she uh moved out to LA. She was doing some home improvement stuff with DIY. And then now she's in Tampa, Florida, doing the home shopping network. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. And then you have a daughter. Now is your daughter an artist? No, she's not an artist. She's got more of a business mindset. She's in the real estate industry. She took the hustle. Yeah.
0: Slim's dad, is. I think he's a little bit of a hustler.
1: That's where I get it from.
0: Now, I know you've had
1: some interesting stories. What is your wildest story you can tell us? The craziest story ever happened. In 2009, the Super Bowl was in Tampa. I forget what two teams were playing. And I was booked to do a jocks that rock football party hosted by Dennis Rodman. Well, I flew down the night before the event, and it was already dark, and they checked me into my room. And I got in my bed to go to bed, and I noticed there was a, a mirror above my bed. And I was like, man, maybe they just checked me in the honeymoon suite and trying to take care of me or whatever. So I went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning to pull back my blinds. Well, I got four naked 65-year-old men back here playing doubles tennis. And so I grabbed the phone to call the promoter. I was like, what is going on out here? He goes, I told you. You're playing at Calahente. And I go, "Yo, and he goes, it's a nudist colony. So I'm nervous all day and all night. I'm like, am I going to take my clothes off? Am I DJing? like, what's going on? You know, we get in there. Me, Dennis, some of the staff and some of the promoters are the only people that have clothes on in this room. And it's packed. All the women are wearing like body paint of football jerseys. And the guys are wearing blazers and Crocs. That's it. Oh, Lord, so, how mercy. Yeah, and you have no phones in this party at all. And then everybody all night kept saying, well, this ain't crazy. Yeah, you wait to the after party. Clearly, I went to the after party, and I saw some things that I probably never see again. <laughs> it was, really? Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, were people, like, doing the do, or like, right in front of you, or what? Yeah, like 10 of them. Oh, Lord, really? <laughs> yes, true story. Nice. That's yeah, so I walked in, hung out, had a drink, turned around, and walked out. With my clothes on. (laughs) I didn't take my clothes off. I left. It was too much for me. I went into a place like that one time. Yeah. And I
0: walked in. I thought the devil overtook me. And I felt this heat, like, come over me. I was like, let me get the hell up out of here. You know, you think maybe sometimes you're a sexual person or whatever. But when it's really, like, thrown in your face. Yeah. uh, It's like, ugh. I mean, that's a lifestyle.
1: People like that. But, I mean, hey, I saw it and I experienced it. It is what it is. And what was Dennis doing? He kept his clothes on all night. Uh, He didn't go to the after party, but uh, he just walked around and was a host and meet and greet everybody. He had his bodyguards with him. They were clothed. It actually felt weird being clothed in that room, in that situation. You know, you felt like the oddball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. Is there any crazy stories in the country world? That's the good thing about country, man. It's uh, real conservative. You don't get too crazy and wild at the festivals like some of the EDM or hip-hop festivals get backstage. It's more family atmosphere than the country business backstage.
0: Now, usually you're on the road probably 200 what 200 days a year. What does your day look like
1: now? I've just been getting up as early as I can. i got some chickens now. Got them during the quarantine. I have four golden hens. I call them the Golden Girls. Slim these chickens like he needs a damn hole in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't need them, but hey, I had a lot of free time this year, and I raised them from chicks, and it was fun. Nice, and they're still hanging around. Oh yeah, they're starting to pay off now because I give all the eggs to my neighbors, and now they're bringing me food and giving me gifts. So the golden girls are paying off. What's the thing about the truck? You were showing me this truck last night. I've always been into rat rod vehicles. Um, I had a rat rod Harley a couple years ago and ended up getting rid of it. But yeah, I just got me a new 19, well not new, old 1955 Chevrolet 3100 truck. It's rusty, rusty gold, but it runs, it runs good. The outside of it looks like it's old as hell, but
0: the inside of it's pretty new. No.
1: Yeah, they call them sleepers. It's where the, the outside of the truck is real rusty and old, doesn't look like it even crank. But then you crank the engine, disc brakes, power steering, you know, it's, it's a brand new truck up underneath.
0: You said this is something hipsters are really
1: looking for. The show American Pickers put a lot of this stuff on the map. Mm-hmm. They, they want that original rusty paint. That's what's worth the money now. You can't duplicate it. Go to your new
0: aura. Check out that we have a discount code for Bang Fan. If you want to pick up some CBD, you tried that CBD, didn't you? Yeah, it makes me sleep like a baby. But what do you think that is? A lot of people continue to use weed. What is your thought process on that?
1: Well, I think it's kind of improving now that the side effects there really are none from it. Um, You know, I I would say the real the hardcore drugs are them, them pills and stuff them doctors prescribe. Yeah, that's what people get hooked on.
0: Anything that's. Like
1: I've never, like, I've had four knee surgeries, no pain pills.
0: Well, I don't think as rocket scientists to yeah. think that if something is naturally made, at some point it was probably supposed to be consumed by the living organisms that are in the world.
1: Yeah, you just got to put fire to it. I'm not going to get into a big weed oh. conversation, but, you know, it's. Uh... But the cancer part of it, man, it just helped me with my appetite. That was the main reason we did it. I'd have to go get radiation every day, and it was, it was terrible. So you're Three a cancer months. survivor? Yeah. And you were 18 years old. How
0: long did you have and, to deal and with that?
1: And that's actually when I was 18. That's kind of when I made the light decision that uh, I always wanted to do something that made me happy. So that's when I became an art major. And then when I got to DJ and I was like, this makes me happy. Like, I've just always been a person. I didn't want to go work a corporate job. I did that for three years and hated it. Yeah, I think if a person has that underlying artistic
0: drive and direction... Corporate world doesn't work out too much. Even though I'm a little bit of both, I'm creative and business, I used to hate the corporate thing. And I did well in the corporate America.
1: And since COVID, I think a lot of these businesses are going to be changing how they do business. The brick-and-mortar businesses, buildings won't be there. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, certain parts of the country are being
0: manipulated for different opportunities, you know. So everybody out there, I guess we'll see what that looks like. Yeah, time will tell. You know, and I guess smoke enough weed until... Until we're back to normal. I don't know if there's enough of that for that. You know what I'm saying? I'll say this about the Aura CBD. I have not taken a Tylenol for a headache in probably three years. And I used to be the proponent of goodie powders, Advil. I'd take all kinds of damn goodie powder. Hopefully, I've healed my body since then. So if you've been to a Southern Mama tour, you've probably seen Slim. What is it like backstage with Southern Mama Darren Knight or Darren Knight, a.k.a. Southern Mama?
1: We all do the every show, the shots of fireball together. And I hate fireball. But the only reason I would keep doing it is because it's kind of became a thing with the group. So I continued to do the fireball shot with them before every game. But we're just backstage. Everybody's got nervous laughter back there. Everybody's telling some jokes. Yeah, we all, I always give Squirrel and Gary a hard time because they open up for Gary. I'm like, what
0: are y'all doing? A damn Netflix special? Yeah. You know, if they go too long with their time yeah. and stuff like
1: that. Oh, yeah, that's the thing with the timeline. Uh, Gary usually gets 10 and was 20 In red gets 20, but then not Gary do 20 and she'll do 30. <laughs> yeah. Hell
0: the show's over. By the time Darren gets on stage, I mean, man, they paid for Southern mama and they get Gary
1: and squirrel, <laughs> but no, we have a good time on the road with all of us. It's a big, happy family. And, uh, Like I said, the two years I've done with y'all, every venue we go to, I mean, they talk highly of of us. And um, the theaters we do is what I love the most, man. The old, old theaters we do, just the history of them, like, that gets my blood going. People don't realize, too, like, if you're able to develop a, a good
0: reputation after four or five years, then you're doing something right. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think we've been fortunate to do that. There's still people, you know, you still have your ups and downs with people in certain situations. But sometimes people don't understand the business, you know, and we've been
1: one of the few to be touring. You oh, know, yeah. during this time, I expanded my social media. We got to get out and about, still do some shows. And, um,
0: uh, yeah, we got, you got coming up. We got Houston coming up, A couple shows there, four, uh, four in Dallas. Yeah, I'm adding two more shows today in Dallas,
1: Texas, into the month. And, um, maybe a week in Charlotte, maybe a couple of days in Greensboro. Then we have uh, San Antonio. Yep. And San then Antonio. in March, we
0: have. Kansas City. The Kansas City thing may go away. I don't know. Hopefully it don't. They think they
1: may get shut down again. You know, still in the COVID days. You wake up on Monday and you see what's going to happen that week, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What? Do you have any stories about Catfish Cooley?
1: Well, my favorite one happened this summer, and it was by surprise when we were filming the uh, Pimpin' in the Sticks video, and we were on top of the boathouse. You know, he's a big guy. Yeah. And he got up there, and he was like, I'm going to do a backflip off this house. And I was like, no, you're not. And, man, he didn't hesitate one second and just got up there and busted out a perfect backflip. That size, I mean, that, that was pretty impressive. His center <laughs> of gravity
0: is like a, he's like a little bowling ball. Yeah.
1: You I, know? I mean, I did not see that
0: coming. What's it like hanging out with catfish and those guys? You know, because it's a little different atmosphere. Yeah. You can't help but like catfish. Yeah, he's a mess. He was here, and we had to run him off. These two got sick. Oh, okay. And we didn't want to take any more chances. I he think You want a sick fish.
1: You got a little sick, had to quarantine for a few days. I don't know if I have or haven't had it, so I, I don't know. I think I could have had it back in April, March or something. I don't know. Are you going to take the vaccine? I'm on the fence on that. Well, there's three vaccines out there. If you decide you're going to take the vaccine, then you got to decide on which one you want. So I don't, I, I'm kind of letting them test it a little bit. Well, hopefully this
0: whatever it is, whether you get it or not, hopefully it it creates a momentum in the marketplace that gets us back yeah. to business. It's a new world, and we're living in it. We're trying to make the world
1: better. We have your Instagram is what. DJ Slim McGraw, all the way across the board. Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. Yeah, DJ Slim McGraw. Like Tim McGraw, but Slim. Slim McGraw. And glad to have you on the, the Unimpressed
0: Podcast for the second time. I'm
1: the first guest to come back for a second time? I think so. We had to get you in here in the new duds. Yeah. looking Professional mics, lighting. Yeah. This is nice. We've come a long way.
0: Yeah, it looks uh we look like we're getting somewhere. Yeah. We're actually booking uh a lot of guests now and and uh, we'll see. So check it out. I appreciate y'all having me out. Uh, Slim McGraw. Peace out, y'all. Uh, my name is John Edmonds Cosma. I'm the CEO of Bang Productions.